Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone. Great interview today with uh, Jay Polding from SolidCAD. Uh, Jay's very knowledgeable about uh, all matters related to uh, BIM, uh, building information modeling, and uh, also the, I guess, new and emerging uh, sort of technology of digital twinning. Uh, it's been a uh, uh, sort of a buzzword, a very popular thing that uh, a lot of the software companies are talking about, and something that uh, we feel is going to be very relevant uh, uh, in the upcoming years and decades uh, to all of us in the uh, facade construction and building construction industry. Um, basically, digital twinning is uh, a process of creating a building information model and tying it into uh, sensors and, and sort of an ongoing living model of the building that uh, represents it as a system and makes it a lot easier to uh, determine certain facts about about the building and, and have a lot more information at our fingertips than was previously available. Uh, Jay and I go into all of that. Uh, we talk about the, uh, the differences between uh, an older style BIM model and, and what the new digital twinning might look like. We talk about various applications of twinning uh, benefits. We talk about what uh, fabricators and contractors may need to know in order to be ready for uh, the demand that, that Jay is already seeing uh, really among uh, a lot of building owners for this sort of technology. So uh, please uh, enjoy my conversation with Jay Polding from uh, SolidCAD. All right, I'm here with Jay Polding from SolidCAD. How you doing, Jay? Good, yourself. I'm good. I'm good. Listen, yeah. thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on today. We, we, uh, we, we, we just had an article in the magazine about the topic we're going we're gonna to talk about today, uh, uh, digital twinning and, and building envelope modeling, which I know is, uh, is, is all your forte and, and your comments were in the article. But hey, let's, you know, let's get into it a little more and, uh, and, and talk some more about it because, you know, it's, it's obviously a hot topic. It's, it's something that's going to touch everybody. And and uh, it's something I didn't I didn't understand very well, and uh, and I I think you can cast some light on. So why don't you why don't you start out by uh, just giving us an introduction of uh, of yourself, of the company, and uh, and what you're doing these days? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm an AEC, so Architecture, Engineering, and Construction Industry Solutions Consultant with SolidCAD, and uh, so the, for the, for the past 15 years, um, basically I've just been helping these companies in this industry. Uh, really make a success of all of the various technologies that are being developed. Mm. And there's lots new, right? It's always, it, it's always changing. It's always updating. And I think people are, uh, are able to do more and called on to do more uh, with, uh, with the, the, the building uh, modeling software than, than ever before. Right. Have, have you seen that? Have you, have you seen a lot of, a lot of change, a lot of new things that you have to stay on top of that, that customers have to stay on top of? Yeah, I mean, like, like for the past 15 years, uh, I, I mean, I've been in the industry longer, uh, Pat, but um, so I was just at coming in when drafting boards were finally disappearing from offices right. um, and CAD was officially being accepted uh, back, you know, with the AutoCAD days. And then really quickly after that, BIM started to, started to take hold. Um, you know, starting in 
about 2000, uh, you know, Revit isn't necessarily the whole definition of BIM, but it definitely kickstarted the whole conversation around BIM and it, its use. Uh, so that came out in 2000 yeah. and then Autodesk bought it in, you know, a few years later. So, uh, yeah. you know, BIM has really been a big focus for me for the past 15 years. Yeah, I, I, I remember that period. Um, we were probably a little bit out ahead of it. I was selling machine tools in the automotive industry uh, in those days. And, um, and you know, they, they had had CAD systems for, for uh, five years more at that point. Um, but, um, you know, obviously for modeling much smaller things, I, I, I imagine the challenge of doing a whole building, you know, would have been probably bigger than an entire car. Uh, although um, it depends how many of the engine components you've got in there, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's been a, uh, you know, I, I, re I remember that period and I remember the challenges uh, always were, um, were finding software that, uh, that, that didn't overwhelm your hardware. <laughs> it was getting, getting something that could handle the, the massive files that were created was all, always seemed to be the challenge with these guys. I, as, as, I, I suppose that's gone now, right? I mean, I mean uh, you know, the, the computers are so fast and, 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 and there's, there's, there's cloud help and, and you know, it, it isn't, you're, you're not really overwhelming your hardware the way you used to. That's sort of a digression, but am I right about that? Well, you know, one, one thing you're right about is that the, the automotive and the industrial design world was, was definitely ahead of the architectural construction world, world when it comes to 3D bill of materials. Um, it, I guess you really, they had BIM, you could say before, you know, a lot of the aerospace industry had stuff like this, but the, there's always been that software hardware where battle. Yeah. And when you talk about, um, I don't want to get too deep into the technology of it, but when you talk about the, the scale of computer that you need for the software, it does have something to do with the scale of the object you're designing. Right. So buildings, it's not so much that like, yes, they're the build, they're pretty much the biggest things that humans make, right. Buildings mm -hmm. and then civil infrastructure is pretty huge too, but it's not just big, it's also small. Like there's tiny bolts. Right. Right. So it's the scale, not just of the final size of it, but the scale of all of the pieces from the very, very tiny to the very, very large. That's where um, architecture, engineering, and construction, that's been the challenge. And it, it, a lot of that comes down to the way computers and graphics cards can handle that extreme scale of numbers because it has to do math on all those numbers. So we could probably have a whole hour. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I know I, I, I went off on a tangent, but it's, yeah, it's, it's more about the, it's more about the numbers of components than, 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 the, than the size of the components. Uh, 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 because, you know, whether, whether, whether a line is six inches long or, or, or a hundred yards long, it makes no difference to the computer. Well, uh, it's the number of lines, right? Yeah. But if I can, just contradict you a little bit here. You might want to do some editing yeah. <laughs> on this well, if you want. That's why I'm wrong. But think about it like this. Um, on a car, there's components that are very tiny. So that's a number, right? right? And they have to be very precise. So there's like three zeros after the decimal or eight. I don't know. It depends on the scale. Mm. Um, a building also has components that small. So the, the graphics processor has to 
process things that are that small mm-hmm. all the way up to, oh, I see. you know, maybe 20 digits in front end after the zero. So maybe that's a little extreme, but it's the scale of, of all the range that it has to follow. Cause other than that, people have wondered this for years. Well, why can't you just take, you know, something that's used to build a car and then build a, a building out of that? Right. Well, it's the, it's that you have to get so big instead of just it's 10 meters long. Yeah. It's a hundred, it's a thousand meters long. It's, you know, 50 meters high. And, and, but there's also fractions of millimeters that have to be accounted for. So, well, we, we're is, going down a bit of a rabbit hole, I've but something I've learned something already. So that's it. That's, that's excellent. So there you go. Okay. That's cool. Well, l- listen, enough of building envelope uh, one-on-one um, um, let's talk about twinning. Uh, that's the, that's the, well, it's, it, it's new to me. I, I don't know. How, how long is, how long has digital twinning been, been around? How long have people been using that term, Jay? Okay. So digital twin, you know, you got to think about terms there. There's different ways that things get termed. Okay. And sometimes there's marketing departments that'll jump on something. Sometimes there's industry professionals that'll jump on something, but digital twin is really just an extension of the BIM. Right. or building information modeling. And it's really about the timeline of when something is used. So building information modeling up till now has had great benefits in the pre-construction and the construction phases. Okay. And you can pretty much do the whole building and construct it. And you have a BIM or building information model when you're done. Digital twin though, takes it further into the operations and maintenance and asset tracking of that same digital building information model. So it's really an extension. Right. So it's, it's a, it's basically a building information model that needs to, that's going to hang around, uh, I guess, after the building is built and keep doing various things uh, as far as collecting information and modeling information for the, for the building owner. Um, and, uh, and I assume it also incorporates a lot of, um, a lot of things that maybe a regular building envelope model wouldn't, is that correct? I mean, I mean, like, I know one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, how it can track, you know, uh, HVAC performance and things like that. I mean, that isn't something you'd normally find in an architectural building envelope model, right? Yeah. Well, you know, talking about, um, you know, why, why would you need this twin and, and what would normally be there? And, and one thing that had, had has also come up is why not just use, there's already some HVAC measurement uh, data that's out there. Some systems provide this, this data. Um, really what it comes down to here are two points. And that is number one, people, we, we're visual. So we need to see things. And if we can see things in relation to other things, if you can see a building and you can see the way, oh, that's the VAV box that's not working, or that's the facade that needs to be repaired. You don't really need to describe it much more than that if you can see it. Hmm. Um, That's the first part is we're very visual. The second part is buildings need to be viewed as a complete system in order to gain the greatest efficiency. If all you do is look at the HVAC data, you're going to be missing out on a lot of other data that that supports that. So, what kinds of 
So what kinds of information is the twin going to be picking up uh, uh, and, and displaying uh, that, that, again, maybe you wouldn't see in a, in, a, in a standard architectural BIM model? Right. Yeah. So, well, it, it really comes down to what is of greatest value to the owner operator of the building. It, you'll never have a perfect twin. It's impossible. You know, I mean, maybe theoretically it's possible, but to have every single object and system uh, giving you data in real time, it's not going to happen. So for many, many, many years, but you can narrow down the key things that impact the owner and operator. So uh, I'll just give you an example here. Um, we talked about HVAC, but I'd like to now move on to plumbing. Okay, sure. A little bit. Yep. Or maybe even facade. I mean, we're this is a you know facade focused show. So, but if you think about leaks, mm -hmm. water leaks, um, they don't respect systems. So once there's a water leak happening in a building, they're gonna attack the mechanical, the electrical, the facade. Maybe it's coming from the facade. Right. Uh, maybe it's coming from plumbing, maybe it's coming from the fire system. Where is it? You know, and if you only have data on one piece, one system, it won't help you find the leak. If you have data in the central location, then you could pinpoint, oh, the leak is coming. Now, again, you're not going to have a perfect twin, but if you have sensors feeding into this digital twin, you'll be able to at least see, okay, well, it's not above this floor. It's, it's going, starting at this floor, it's somewhere in this wall. And then, oh man, uh, there's a, there's an electrical box right below. We need to shut power off to that right now. Click shut off power. Mm. So, you know, that's probably taking a little, little bit farther than it is right now, but that's the idea. I'm trying to help you understand or help, you know, the audience understand the impact that this digital twin seeing the digital twin right. and having control. That's that's what's the potential of this, right? Because that's kind of that. That's kind of that. That's kind of that. I, I, I get. Well, I guess. I guess in order to make it a twin rather than just a model, basically there has to be some integration with at least some of the sensors, right? Or some or some of the um, some of the the the, the data, uh, you know, Internet of Things type stuff that's that's in that's in the HVAC system or that's in the Plumbing. I mean, I know, I know you can get, um, you know, sensors that you put on pipes that determine if they're leaking, um, that, that kind of thing. Um, it, it, there has to be that integration with the real-time sensors, right? Before you're really doing a twin. It's one aspect okay. of the twin. And the, the other big aspect here is operations and maintenance. It's just simple things like someone walks into the building with their tool you know, their tool pouch. Hey, I've got to go fix a pipe or a facade. It could be a glazier. I need to fix this. Right. Where is it? Oh, well, let me dig through the drawings and let me get you the drawing. <laughs> if you have the model, um, here it is. It's right there. It's right. on that floor. Oh, oh, wait a second. Is there a uh, electrical box right beside that? I'm going to need to watch, you know, so this has, again, we're visual people. Yeah. All people are visual and the more information that you can get at easily can help people see that. Now, once they finish their job, I'll go into what if territory again, 
Um, what if the little thing pops up on their phone saying, uh, please take a picture before you leave and fill out this small questionnaire. Okay. And that's, and once they take the picture and it's confirmed, an invoice gets generated and sent out to them. Plus that record gets stored in the asset. Nice. And then a little uh, math, well, that's going to need uh, work in about 10 years, according to the warranty or something like that. So that's really another area. It doesn't have to have live data. It doesn't have, a, have to have a sensor, but it can be something that's inputted and maintained regularly. Well, I love, I love the possibilities of that, right? Because so often somebody did work on something years ago and, 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 and then it, you know, it comes back again and it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice to, you know, get that person or, or at least find out what they did. Right. Or, or, or get them back or something like that. Right. And like you say, you can actually have a, a note attached to that in your, in your uh, twin model saying fixed by X on such and such a date. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, that's, I, I definitely see nice possibilities there. And then, I mean, drilling it down to facade a little more too. Right. I mean, so, so, I mean, the, the, the things it's good for on the, on the glazing side of it and on the, and on the facade side of it, the, the leaks uh, detection is an obvious uh, uh, application. Um, what about, what about air leaks? Are there, are, are there uh, applications possibly there for uh, finding if there's, there's, there's too much draft or something's, something's not, uh, something's not sealed properly. Yeah. So, you know, talking about how, digital twin is really going to affect going forward the the facade industry and and just further to your question um bim building information modeling and digital twin it's it's really a team sport whether we like it or not so there's going to need to be a a digital side of this i'm coming around to your answer your question but there is going to be a a need for um and I've seen this already where curtain wall manufacturers or facade manufacturers are, they are building this capability internally so that they can have more impact on the digital asset before it even gets built. They're, they're having more say on how, like, what does their system look like? You know, yeah. how is it made? They know best. So that's one side. There's the digital side and the digital assets are very, very important. As you can see, they're gonna build into the future um, of the owner and operator realm. And it, it's been said that owner operator, to own and operate a building is 10, 20, 30 times more than building a building. Hmm. So people are taking note. Um, now, when it comes down to the, the facade and you know how's a, facade designer going to integrate this into the system, what might be available. You know, I'm not, I am not working for a curtain wall company. I'm consulting with curtain wall companies with technology, you know, and maybe they already have plans for this to, to plug in. But some things that I've observed is simple things like temperature and moisture sensors inside and out of the building or of the glass. Um, even on the or inside of the mullions. There's other things like motorized openers. There's solar uh, solar glass that we've seen even seen in a recent issue of uh, of the magazine. 
um, it's getting better and better. So now you've got power going the other way, right? Power going from the the glass out, how much power, how is it dealt with? Where's it distributed? Yeah. Um, there's even tinting. I mean, you got the Halio glass, you got lots of other products or some other products where, uh, based on solar gains, based on other sensors, it can automatically, uh, tint or, or not tint. So the pieces are there, but they, the digital twin will tie it all together into one system. Right. 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 So, so when we say tie it all together into one system, I guess, I guess, um, what does that look like? Does it, does it go as far as I I'm picturing, you know, you've got one of those nice wireframe pictures of the, of the building, you know, with all the, you know, you can zoom in and out and there's the, the components are visible as you get closer. And, you know, if you have, uh, for instance, a temperature drop in some area, right? I'm assuming what this will splash a red, you know, spot on your, on your model and, and you'll know, you know, where to, where to go look for that. Is that, is that the sort of thing we're talking about here? Yeah, I, I think in, that's what we want. I think that's in basic terms is the sensor just to have a readout of information going across the screen. You know, it's like those stock readouts. If you don't, if you're not interested in the stock, it's just, it's nothing. It's just words, no colors, idea. you know? So you, you'd have, you have to, um, that's, you know, we we're talking about how the digital twin is really pinpointing areas that are important to the owner operator and for different owner operators, it will be different things. So um, is it to track leaks, air or water leaks? Is it we're, I know we're going to talk about con energy data later, but is it to track and prove energy efficiency? Mm -hmm. uh, Very key. I, I like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. The um, um, obviously that another thing that I, I think I've seen mentioned in a lot of the literature is that that service scheduling stuff, right? I mean, I mean, and that, that's a, that's a big facade application is, is, you know, Everybody gets their everybody gets their new building with you know a schedule of uh, of of when things need to be updated and when things need to be looked at and 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 how long these seals are are, are going to last and and when this should be cleaned and when this should be fixed and when this should be replaced and uh, you know I think a lot of those papers sit in <laughs> cabinets <laughs> for for a, for a, for a very long time but there's so there's there's an application there right it's just a just a prompting thing, just a, you know, again, you know, a, a, a light on the design saying, Hey, do for maintenance. Right. Yeah. Oh, this is big. I mean, when I go to curtain wall manufacturers and envelope in general manufacturers and, and they're, they're manufacturing, they're, they're building, they're installing, they're supporting, they're maintaining, they, they do so much and their service departments are, are incredibly busy and important. Um, what if, so let's go, what if, what if, when the building is handed over, the facade is, um, tied into, I'm going to just go with the app idea. Yeah. And this is maybe a step before the digital twin, but let's say company X, they're an envelope maker. They say, here's a digital twin ready wall. We're going to install it. And it has an app and it'll tell you 
it'll give you an alert when something needs to be checked, maintained. Maybe there's a temperature or a, or a movement sensor, um, something cracks, something breaks, you know, and it's proactive. It's not reactive. Maybe they're starting to, to keep track of, yeah, the age of these particular units that were installed has this lifespan. Maybe it's shorter than, than other things. So um, that's where tying that into the services department to be more proactive with service could be a subscription with the wall. And I don't want to oversimplify it again, but just kind of to bring it down to terms that um, that we can recognize now kind of in our world of subscriptions and apps and, but that could tie into the digital twin. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, and the, the visual, well, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of design possibilities there because the, 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 the visualizing aspect of it and, and actually um, um, I guess sort of thinking about that stuff as, as you go along in the design process is, um, is going to be helped a lot by that because I, I remember a, a, a presentation by Tom Keswick a little while ago that I saw and, and, and he was talking about um, these challenges of he, he's a funny guy he had a lot of funny stories and 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 he was he was talking about um, you know the, the 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 designers putting components in with with service lives that are shorter than, than, the, than the outside part of the building and the component is buried inside the facade. So you have to tear the whole thing apart in order, to, in order to get to the thing that's supposed to be repaired and in place. So of course what happens, that work never gets done and, and, and it's, it's, just left to, it's just left to fail, right? This is the sort of thing that could be, you know, somewhat alleviated, I think, if it, especially if you know exactly where it is uh, because you've got it on a visual representation. And also you've had to think about it when you're, when you're making the building, because you're also making this twin at the same time. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, you're, you're bang on there that systems buildings more and more need to be designed as, as a complete system. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they are, or they will be, um, but they should be. And it really comes down to like, you're right. Like if you've got something buried, it just doesn't make sense, but it's because, that's viewed as someone else's responsibility. Right. Will digital twin help that attitude? No. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not a technology thing. That's a, that's a people thing. <laughs> so BIM, BIM has gone a long way to help that because you can see things. We're visual again, you know, so what'll happen is now the architect will design what they think the curtain wall should look like goes to the curtain wall manufacturer. They win the tender or wherever they work it. Um, and then they look at what the architect has done and said, well, that's not how our system works. We're going to have to revisit that. It's got to be this far from the slab that we've got to make attachments. And then you go through a new iteration, but that, why did that happen? Because someone saw it. Yeah. Someone noticed it. Whereas when it's just plans, some elevations and sections things get missed i mean this is not i'm not making that up that's oh. things get missed so that's one of the benefits of being visual is first of all you see it and then now when we expand that into digital twin it's just the simplicity of saying see that piece of glass right there fix it oh i see it yes i'll go fix it instead of four emails describing it's on level four on grid X and it, you know, 30 yeah. centimeters in 
you just send them a picture. This is where it is. I just thought of another thing. Um, uh, if you're in an area with uh, seismic um, regulations, right? Th th those those all need sensors all over all over everything. Uh, uh, West Coast, anywhere. Um, yeah, obviously an application there, right? You can see. Oh, my twin model is showing. I'm, I'm getting more movement than you know I normally should. Uh, which could yeah. indicate you're about to get an earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> might be too late. What's your sense of? Um, well, I mean, you would you you would know this. Where where are we at with with twinning technology? I guess in North America, like right now, how how much how far along has it gone? I mean, we've been talking a lot about potentials and possibilities and 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 where it's going. How far have you seen it gone? Are, are there good examples in Canada? You know, there are, this is a tough one. Um, I have seen building information models taken incredibly far. Okay. Incredibly far. And yes, even into the maintenance of buildings. Not every project, but I have seen some that are taken right in and they're being used. You know, technology is like a tool. Um, it is a tool for crying out loud. Uh, technology is a tool in our hands that we can use the way we want. Nobody has to tell us how to use it. And if you want to take Revit and AutoCAD and BIM 360 and a bunch of tools that are already made and then add on top of them and make your own thing and just rock the world, let's go ahead. I mean, use the tools, use the technology. We don't have to wait. Um, so people are doing that now. Just take the best tools that they can find and use it to achieve what they need to achieve. Now, that being said, it is easier when you have ready-made solutions. Like I said, people were doing BIM before Revit. Yeah. But once Revit came, it was ready-made. So people are like, okay, well, this is easier now. Let's do it. And that's what's happening now with, with twin technology. And you, you're seeing this a lot more, extremely hot topic, huge marketing efforts by the various vendors yeah. um, who are doing this and a huge interest by owners. There, every person I talk to in my industry, their digital twin is coming up in almost every conversation. And it's driven by the owner operator oh. because of the price they pay to operate buildings. Yeah. So, you know, if we talk about ready-made solutions, we are now one step away from this. And, and I can speak to the Autodesk world a little bit where they have something called Autodesk Tandem. It's been out now. It's it's in beta. Likely it'll over the next two years, it will be released. Other companies like Bentley and, and, and other other companies out there are providing pieces that are feeding in to this digital twin. And, and that's what's needed is all of these pieces plugging in and feeding in. But the technology is there now. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it is. I mean, I mean, I, I know um, it was, well, yeah, it's, it's like you say, you know, to the, 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 and that's a great point is, is, is it's been possible to cobble this together sort of at, on an ad hoc basis from a lot of different sources, probably for a long time. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, I think about, um, you know, the big famous uh, example of the Manitoba hydro building. Uh, oh yeah. You know, awesome. And all the, and all the, the, the different automated, 
processes that go on in that. I, I think that building is full of sensors that's tracking a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. It's got to be getting a little long in the tooth now, but at any rate, it, 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 it was. And, uh, and, and, and it's, you know, it's even doing things, like you say, the motorized openers, I mean, it's controlling uh, uh, different, different things like that, all, all very sophisticated and, 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 you know, a long way in advance of most of what's built, you know, anywhere, any new stuff that's being built now. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so I guess what we're, I guess what we're really talking about, right, is a, a slightly more standardized or a, a package approach that, you know, can deliver some of that functionality to a building owner, right? Yeah, and you know, I mean, Manitoba Hydro, fantastic example. Uh, I know John Peterson is an architect who he's one of the guys who worked on that, and uh, just some really smart technology, both and and really around the facade. You know, there was a lot done on the facade there, yeah. um, and it's still an example. And and what a climate to be energy efficient yeah. in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Winnipeg. So if, so if that's, so it should be held out as an example, but really when we get into the energy efficiency side of things, um, actually this is something John taught me is the digital twin is not just about the operation, but it's also about the, the circular economy. So the way that things can be fed back into the economy um, without just throwing it out, you know, these assets that, building owners have they pay a lot for them mm -hmm. and then eventually they need to be replaced but that glass still has quite a high value uh the if things need to be replaced maybe instead of throwing them out they be, can be fed back into the economy and this is a big part of what digital twin and, and the um one of the benefits uh, of digital twin is that knowing what you have and the age of it and the condition of it so that it can be brought back into the economy instead of thrown out. Okay. So do you mean like, like actually re recycling materials? Like yeah. Could be uh, maybe you have a mechanical system uh -huh. that maybe it's uh, needs to be improved. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you'd like to replace it. Uh, is there a market for the old one? Maybe it could be refurbished and used on another smaller building or another building. Uh, now this all happens. It all this stuff happens now. People do sell it, and um, but what this does is it it gives a um, it gives you a good picture as an owner. What do I own, and and in the future, how is my asset going to change, and what's it worth hmm. going forward? Not just in what do I have to replace, but how can I use what has been replaced to the benefit of everyone as well? So that's a good one. What, what else becomes possible when you're, when you are viewing a system as a system, like when you're, when you're viewing that building as a, as a whole system that's working together, uh, 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 why is that better than having individual streams of information the way, you know, I think you'd normally would now. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it does, everything does tie into each other. So, yeah. you know, and this is really going to tie into, you know, our conversation around the, um, the energy requirements that buildings are facing, you know, their 2030 is not far away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a number of targets around that date for carbon neutrality and things like that. Th this is not going to be a nice to have, it's going to be a must have. Right. And if you look at the, the standards around 
Canada and the world, but in these major cities are all developing their green building standards. Toronto has one. There's a big impact on, uh, on curtain wall manufacturing in this area. Um, every city has this. So, and it really is about systems. So uh, if you think about one of the requirements of having a certain percentage of wall that needs to be opening to open to allow fresh air in. You know, now we've got the COVID uh, factor. Yeah. Fresh air is becoming more of an issue. And in some, uh, in some requirements, like in LEED, you need to have some percentage of windows be opening to fresh air. So could you integrate that with a mechanical system, with an electrical system? I think so. You know, if it's plugged in and if the window opens, maybe the mechanical system can reduce the amount of fresh air that it's feeding into that floor. Not a, I'm not a mechanical or a building systems engineer or scientist. Yeah. I'm just telling you from the experience that I've had over the years with my wide range of architecture, engineering, and construction clients. So I think these are conversations that will need to be expanded upon. Yeah, for sure. It, moving to the energy thing. I mean, I mean, yeah. 2030, uh, uh, I think the expectation is that buildings are at least net zero ready. So if they actually had solar panels on them or a windmill, I guess, they would be able to, to, to uh, just produce as much energy as they use. Um, the, and, in, and in the standards for that, uh, well, and I've, I've read some other articles uh, about this where the, the, the predictions are very strong that, that the performance modeling way to comply with the with the energy standards is going to be it's, it's basically going to eliminate the prescriptive path that, that 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 has been out there because because on the prescriptive path the costs immediately quickly escalate and 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 if you just try to buy every component to be compliant with the prescriptive path you, you're you're just buying too much expensive stuff uh, whereas if you have that performance path where you can model it, right, and where you can maybe do some fancy things like let fresh air in if it's a hot day or something like that, you have, you have just a, a universe of options there to, to, to make a building that can comply without necessarily always having to have the most expensive green components on every single thing, right? Is that, is that basically how you see... Uh, uh, the twinning and the and I guess the modeling working in working into this, it's going to be a much bigger role, isn't it? Yeah, you read my mind actually. When you sent me some questions, and that was one of them, and it was exactly what I went to. Is there's the prescriptive model, and then there's the the evidence based model, and you know, think of it like taxes. You know, you work for a company, um, you you just have one form, you know, you go on to TurboTax or something, you do your prescriptive, they basically do the tax for you. Right. Did you miss something? Yeah, probably, but look, uh, maybe 50 bucks. Okay, but now maybe some people would say, you know, how dare you, you should catch everything. But um, the point here is that a company, a building when you're dealing with millions of dollars of infrastructure and that you're not going to use TurboTax. And that's basically what the prescriptive model is you're going to hire you know corporate person to do your tax a little company so that it's the same attention when it comes down to you now the energy side of things is 
you, you don't want to just have other people making broad statements about your building. Um, it's no need to do that. The, the data is there. Um, and, and that's only on the design side, but there's a post design side of this too. So once the building is, is made, you need to provide as constructed reports. You need to provide electronic simulation files, modeling readouts, and then construction uh, or calculations on total energy saved, not just used, but saved. Right. So you need to provide a delta as to how much is, is or would be saved. So this is all about data. So if we carry down this, we stay down this path of um, a, a wall or a facade that's plugged in, right? You got this thing plugged in, it has sensors, it has controls, it has, so you're controlling air, you're controlling solar, uh, you're controlling uh, tint level, you're controlling all of these things, these potentials. Um, could you impact the environment inside the building? Absolutely. Yeah. Could you use the data gathered after a commissioning period to prove that what you're doing is meeting or exceeding the standards? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really where I think there is some potential. The, the envelope is, you know, so important to the building, uh, the whole thing, the roof, you know, the every, every part of it, the soffit, the walls, all of this needs to be, uh, could be tied in to the to the digital twin. You can get away to a lot of a lot of a lot of testing, a lot of bringing in consultants, and and I mean if the if the if the building is literally built such that it's sensing its own performance, you 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 have a situation where you know that that data is always there, and 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 if there's a challenge to it, well there there's the information, right? So that's 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 a good one. Um, you know, and, and so much of, uh, of difficulty with uh, energy efficient building design is, is, is getting the glass right, depending on the, the orientation of the building and the conditions um, um, for where the facade is pointing. Um, you know, like, like you say, there's, there's got to be possibilities there with dynamic glass. Um, but of course, the dynamic glass is only as good as how it's set and how it's adjusting to the conditions that it's meeting, right? So, so again, treating the whole thing as a system, if you, if you can adjust window tints and you can adjust uh, what the glass is doing on a, on, on, on a certain side and maybe not another side, depending where the sun is hitting and where the wind is blowing, you've got another, you got another possibility there for, uh, for achieving some energy efficiency targets. Um, yeah, I think that even kind of circles us back around to Manitoba Hydro. And again, I don't want to speak too much to it. I know John Peterson could definitely and probably has you know could elaborate on this but um you know when you're using that that essentially chimney effect that they have you can open and close the facade or have a system which opens and closes the facade to release hot air or to recirculate hot air it's a you know it's a long-standing technique that's been used in buildings for a long time but by integrating that with the sensors and with this visual, and, and that's where seeing is believing, not just for the people who are designing it, building it and operating it, but if you can prove to maybe a building official or someone who's trying to commission and test the building, yeah. 
look at, look at this, look at the heat. You can measure the heat. I'm measuring the heat right now up here. And that's what it is. We're going to open that up now. It's summer. Now watch what happens in 10 minutes. I mean, come on. That's seeing is believing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not projecting it. It's seeing it. And once the, once the officials get comfortable with the, with the twinning technology and the, and the, and, and, and look at the models, I, well, they're used to looking at models by now, but I mean, I mean, I mean, once they're used to the twinning technology and everything, there's possibilities even for approvals, right? I mean, ahead of time, if you just show them the model and say, well, here's what we've got, and this is what we're building to, you know, they, they'll say, okay, well, that, that meets our, that meets our standards and, and away we go. Uh, I suppose would be the fantasy of. Yeah. Going is <laughs> yeah. Like um, <laughs> they definitely have their requirements, you know, and, and they have, their their jobs to do and their boxes to check and it's it's important work that they're doing and the more data that you can arm them with yeah um to help them to help make a case for what you've designed or what you're you know planning on designing that's a good point that you you're saying is a digital twin doesn't necessarily have to be um built alongside the building that the physical building you could have the twin built first and then that's sort of what we're doing with bim is we're building it first yeah but then you know if you just expand that a little further the technology there is the technology is there to simulate it but there will need to be a, a reckoning a comparison between what was simulated and then what is actually there for sure so yeah there's a value to that as well yeah, no, I, I, I think through that, that whole, the whole commissioning process, there's, there's, there's got to be applications for, for all of this. And, and, the, and, and um, you know, your point about the solar panels, I mean, if, you know, if this is where we're, we're, we're getting to, where the building is basically producing its own energy is the, is the thought, well, if you've got solar panels and if you've got dynamic glass, you've got power running to, to all of those in and out of, of, of all of those facade systems, um, now there's another thing you need to track and especially track interruptions and, and shorts and things like that, uh, heat buildup and any, anything like that. Um, you know, I, I imagine a lot of the safety and insurance regulators are going to, are going to want, you know, would want that if, if, if you were wiring things up that weren't, that weren't previously wired. Right. And, and yeah. that's your twin can track that. It can draw you a nice, one of those lovely pictures of energy flow or something like that. It can even have <laughs> the wires mapped. And, and, you know, you, you could see where interruptions are, and that's a heck of a lot easier than digging around with a, with a, a sensor, with a meter, to yeah. find where the, where the break is in the system, right? Yeah. So anyways, that, that's, you know, I'm just, uh, I love this stuff. It's like science fiction. Um, and, uh, or at least that's where it's getting to. So let, let, let's, get, let's get a little bit, a little bit practical with it. Um, what what should designer? Well, I guess I guess we'll have to go with designers and then contractors. What what what's what should somebody who's into facade design uh, uh, have in place to be sort of ready for the demand for the digital twinning? What what do they need in place in their in their store and 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 be to be thinking about in order to be ready for that? Yeah, that's a good question for a podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, as I said before, BIM is really the forerunner to digital twin. Right. And if if you're if you're not aware of BIM, then it should be something that you want to start educating yourself about 
about how you fit into the whole building, you know, the building information modeling process. You're not doing everything in the building information modeling, but you need to know your, your part of it. So really that comes down to people and there's some, there's a technology side of it that needs to be looked into. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, just that office side infrastructure so that you have that capability, that digital capability to, to meet that and to, to contribute. There's going to be more expectation for, for manufacturers to contribute to the building information model and then the, the digital twin as, and I've, I'm seeing that, I've been seeing that for the last at least five years, very strong uh, RFPs uh, really stating, hey, you got to go BIM. Now, what does that mean? That, that can be further defined. Uh, we, you know, we did an article on that as well, but um, I would say the first step right now, if you're not in it already, just start investigating building information modeling technology. Yeah, make sure you're up to speed on that. There might be... Sorry, go ahead. There might be a secondary part to that, and that is, you know, we had talked about these other glass products. Um, Some of the manufacturers and installers and companies are such a wide galaxy of, you know, of different types of of companies in this space. Um, So I see some companies that they essentially purchase, assemble, and then install. Right. Some just install. But if you're purchasing and assembling and installing, maybe another product to look at. Look at the tinting glass. Look at the the um, the solar glass. Look at the openers. Look at the mechanical technology, the sensor technology. It's just really, there is that physical part of the digital twin. So yeah. on the one hand, you've got your office staff working towards the digital side. And then on the other side, you have your, your, um, you know, field staff, your, your factory staff, people are looking into the, how can we integrate this? Yeah. You should be looking at in your, in your, you you should be ready in your fabrication process. I would think uh, to integrate sensors, you know, to, to, to integrate the power supply for, for, for the sensors uh, to, uh, possibly design this thing so that the, uh, you know, it, a lot of these would probably have to have a wireless connection. I would think, uh, you know, that, that there's something you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to consider in your, in your, in your facade design. If uh, again, you know, if, if this twinning thing really, you know, it takes off and like you say, the demand is out there that it's getting the pull on the owner side. Um, be ready, you know, for, 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 getting asked for this stuff in your, in your, in your designs that you've never done before. It's, it's not just going to be, you know, glass and seal and silicone and aluminum anymore. You know, there's, there, there could be some extra components now. <laughs> and as, as we talked about Patrick, um, there's also the maintenance side of things. Yeah. The operations and service, the service side of things. Um, if you do tie in the sensors, do those sensors tie into a, an app? maybe, yeah. or a website where someone can click request service or it goes to your email, you may need service. Um, you know, these are, there is a services side to this. Uh, Except I will not be suggesting that the fabricators and the glazing contractors try to develop their own app. <laughs> get, that, get that from, 
people like you, right, Jay? <laughs> I guess that's oh, not even that. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you find someone to do that. <laughs> yeah, find someone to do it because that's 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 a that's 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 a challenge. That's a challenge in and of itself. Um, on the contracting side, on the on on the installation side, um, you know, I, I guess that's a matter of of, of understanding the systems, uh, understanding what they're going to have to do. Um, and uh, and not, and not putting things in the building in such a way that you mess them up or break them, I mean that that's got to be the biggest uh, <laughs> there. I would think, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, this you know for installers, it, it could bring in some more complexity. You know, um, it will likely bring in some more complexity. But systems are getting more complex. Yeah. You're getting the different, you know, I've seen, I follow the, you know, the magazine a lot and different uh, companies that I talk with. And I mean, they're developing new mullion systems and new sealant systems and glass and size. Like, I mean, it's evolving quickly. It's not like you said, just aluminum yeah. and some glass and some, some rubber, you know, it's like, it's developing. So it doesn't stop. There'll have to be more training. There'll have to be, you know, other services that will need to be added uh that could be a good thing oh yeah you know, that you know but they there may have to be some other certifications or um really you know we're kind of we're still early on this so if you're an installer right now i think it's just watching the space and you know keeping in touch and yeah understanding what what's happening in the future but it, likely if you're an installer you've already had to face, oh, it's a tinting system. Oh, what do I do with that? Okay, how do I plug that in? So it's not totally, yeah, it's not all new yet. Yeah, left field. Yeah, and, and you know, as an example, some of the, um, uh, now nah, I'm trying to remember, I think it might've been Canada Green Building Council, I, I'm not sure, or, uh, or possibly Passive House, was offering a training course at West um, for quote unquote green installers. Right. So it, it was like, it was like, th th these are the, this is what you're going to have to know in order to install some of these environmental systems and, and, and some of these energy efficient systems that people are coming up with now, because it is different. And, you know, hopefully someday uh, 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 digital twinning would be part of that because I, I think it's all part and parcel of, of, of what people are going to have to know. So you're being yeah, aware. Uh, I will say this installers are being brought into the digital age more and more every day. Mm -hmm. So now it's, there are some job sites you walk into the job site and you might be handed an iPad. If you're the contractor, you might be sent files. You might be asked to purchase a subscription to one of the various construction software so that you can tie into their system so that you can do the, you know, the site inspections and things like that. So what will happen over the next few years is the installers will be brought into this, this world. Um, and it, it's just going to start appearing more and more people. The phone is becoming the number one tool being used on a job site. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. So, well, and that, that, that takes us, I guess, to the, the, the last bit I wanted to touch on, uh, but I, 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 we've gotten to it a little bit. I mean, I mean, what's what's the end point, Jay? Where, where, where do you where do you think this is going? I mean, obviously, I, I guess the end point is really having a 
a, a more or less visual virtual representation of the entire building and everything that's going on inside of it, right? I mean, that's 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 sort of the the the, the futuristic endpoint for for twinning, right? Yeah, I mean, you. I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said science fiction, because sometimes it's it gives us a little window into what how things might be. If you think of, you know, Star Trek next generation you've got the enterprise and you know anywhere in the building or in the in the spaceship <laughs> you yeah. could say computer yeah what's right the, yeah. what's the status of uh -huh. this system or this and you know um i don't want to go too far into that world but yeah that's where it will be user friendly to the point where you can look at the building on a screen, mm -hmm. pinpoint areas that might need attention, or maybe you have a preset report. Some schools, um, well, actually all, all uh, funded schools need to provide reports. So you could have buttons, you know, monthly report for energy usage or for, um, you know, student capacity or all of these things, you could build your digital twin and make it so the assets really are managed and are providing you the information you need, not just information like random. Yeah. But it's really targeting. I need this report at this time. That needs to look like this. If it can do that for you, that's really the idea behind this technology is to save time and frustration and, and just do better. <laughs> Love it. Turning our buildings into the Starship Enterprise, Jay. I think that is that is that is a great uh, a great analogy of where we want to go. And uh, listen, uh, I want to thank you very much for uh, for joining us here. And uh, where can uh, where can people reach out to you if they uh, if they want to talk about it more, Jay? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Jay Polding. Yeah, um, yeah, you can reach me. Uh, that's probably one of the best places. Or my email. I'm not sure if you're going to provide a link for that, but I'm out there. Uh, yeah. He's out there in the world, and uh, and uh, and uh, the company is SolidCAD, and uh, Jay is uh, Jay's your guy to uh, to ask any questions about, about BIM or uh, or or building or uh, digital twinning. Thanks a ton, Jay. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.